I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A lot to do today. Busy show for you. Uh, got some NFL coaching, carousel stuff to get to. Giants introduced the GM yesterday in Joe Shane. A couple things to take away from that. Some of the comments uh, were pretty telling. So dive into that for a few minutes. Looks like it's down to Dayball or Flores. Uh, some reports Dayball prefers Miami. We'll get into all the coaching stuff. Uh, probably spend a minute or so on the NFL games. We'll do a lot of NFL conference title games tomorrow. Uh, but we'll actually start with the NBA just because I think there's some juice here with, with, with the Nets. Harden missed last night's game with a hamstring injury. The Nets lose their second one in a row. They lost to the Lakers on Tuesday night and then lost uh, after leading by 10 or 11 at half. Uh, they end up losing 124-118 to the Nuggets. Uh, the Knicks also lost to the Heat. Uh, and they're falling, falling quickly, fading fast. Uh, we talked about that 21-game stretch from basically last Monday until March 13th where their schedule is just a gauntlet where they're basically going to go, you know, 5-16, and 6-15, and 15, something like that. And uh, the, the Knicks are quickly going to be out of the mix here. I would expect them to maybe move some veterans at the deadline, whether it's Kemba Walker, whether it's Fournier, whether it's Noel. I don't know that any of those guys can really get you a first-round pick back, but you might be better off just playing the young guys anyway. They might give you a better chance to win, and if you get anything for the older guys, you might as well you know, do that while you can. I mean, this season's going nowhere fast. Obviously, last year uh, was a fluke. A lot of teams coming off the bubble, a lot of teams injured, a lot of teams resting guys. The Knicks just kind of went balls to the wall uh, the whole season and really you know, won a lot of games with effort, defense. Uh, they didn't have a, a, a superstar to rest, so they, they kind of benefited from that setting last year, that unusual circumstance of the season. And won a bunch of games with a four seed, but it's clear last night. I mean, Miami buried them. They played well against the Cavs Monday, lost. They played Milwaukee Friday. They're going to lose a bunch of games here, and they're going to be out of the mix. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the play-in. They're going to be, you know, 35 and 47, something like that. They're going to be back in the lottery, which maybe isn't the worst thing. But after a year last year that looked like it was going in the right direction, they are still 9 million miles away from winning a championship. They really don't have any championship pieces. They got some young pieces you like quickly. Uh, you know, Grimes, McBride, some of these guys are decent. Uh, Barrett, but uh, not that building block, not that superstar you need to win a title. But we'll go with the Nets here. we got to spend a lot of time on the Nets. A couple things. Harden was hurt. Uh, I, I guess he, he was questionable Tuesday with a hamstring. He played, and last night they held, held him out. Doesn't sound like he's going to miss a lot of time, but uh, with no Durant, for the foreseeable future, the next month plus, they'll probably be cautious with him. Kyrie only playing road games, which is still so bizarre. 
And now no Harden. Even with Harden on Tuesday night, I watched a lot of them versus the Lakers. I watched a lot of them versus the Nuggets. It's really uh, kind of a mash unit. It's LaMarcus Aldridge. It's Kessler Edwards. It's, you know, Cam Thomas hits some threes. He did a nice job. It's Patty Mills. It's really kind of a, a mash unit. Uh, the Nets are stringing together here. And it's not like, it's not rocket science. When you got three megastars, three top 25 players, and you're missing two of them, you're going to struggle. When you're missing all three of them, which they were last night, it's going to be hard to beat anybody. And the Nets are now... 29 and 19 they're the four seed there's a bunch of teams you know six teams really separated by a game and a half two games from the heat all the way down to the sixers uh at 28 and 19 the heat are 31 and 17 heat have played really well uh the nets are a half a game a game ahead of yeah really tied with the bucks because they're one ahead in the loss one behind in the win column uh nets now 29 and 19 Nets could fall to the sixth seed uh the, the one betting angle from this i would take is the Sixers are plus 175 at Bet River Sportsbook. Now, we don't talk about this a lot. Uh, in the NBA, the divisions are kind of a lost thing. Nobody even knows who, what the divisions are called, who's in what division. But the Sixers, Nets, the Knicks, the Celtics, Raptors are all in what they call the Atlantic division. Uh, the Sixers are probably going to win that division. You can get them at plus 175 with no Durant for the next month, six weeks, with, with no Kyrie half the time. Who knows how long Harden misses? doesn't sound like it's going to be too serious, but... Uh, the Nets have some issues here. Uh, I would expect the Philly with Embiid playing really well to surge ahead of them. And the Nets play at Golden State tomorrow, or is that game Saturday, I believe, after playing a back-to-back. -back. The Nets play Golden State. Uh, yeah, Saturday, that's the, the ABC primetime game. As you start to get uh, some of these a ABC games, ABC has these Saturday night primetime games once football winds down. That that's their kind of marquee uh, night for basketball. But uh, the Nets are in some trouble here. And it just doesn't feel like it's going to work. You know, from the time they traded Harden last year till now, it was like they got these this big three, three of the 20, 25 best players in the league. They buried Boston in round one last year. And then Harden got hurt in the first minute against Milwaukee. Irving ends up rolling his ankle game four. And it just seems like they're never on the floor at the same time. It's always something, whether it's Durant being hurt, whether it's Kyrie missing for two weeks or vaccine stuff or, you know, Harden getting hurt now. I mean, Harden... And we'll get to you know him long-term here because he's made the point, or I guess privately, that he's not happy in Brooklyn. He doesn't love it, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's the lifestyle. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, long, just long-term, because uh, you know there, there's a possibility that maybe you trade hard, and I don't think they'll do that, but it's at least worth discussing. Just doesn't seem like it fits for the Nets. Just doesn't seem like it's going to work. Now, if they have all these guys healthy, Durant comes back in a month, Kyrie, you get him half the time or whatever it is. And, you know, 80, 90% of Harden, you're probably still the favorite. And we could check the odds here at Bet River Sportsbook. I still think they're the favorite, although I do think, I've mentioned all year that I, I really think there's a lot of value um, on the Bucks here as we pull up these odds at Bet River Sportsbook. Just seems like it's always something. Just seems like it's always something with the Nets, whether it's one of the big three being out. And really, they're trying to outscore you anyway. It, it, there's a lot of issues, you know. I and mean, the Nets are now plus 300. They were plus 200, plus 250. Nets are the favorite now, uh, still the favorite. Plus 300. Warriors plus 450. Suns plus 600. Bucks plus 650. You could have gotten the Bucks plus 750, plus 800. I still think there's a lot of value on the Bucks, and I do think the champion eventually comes from those four teams, whether it's Nets, Warriors, Suns, or Bucks. But it just doesn't feel like it's gonna work. It feels like if it's not one thing, it's the other. Uh, Kyrie, for all his vaccine stuff, you forget, the last six years, he's only finished like two of them. He only finishes the season, I think, twice. The one year he won the championship with the Cavs, uh, and he helped win the championship with the Cavs, hitting that big three. Uh, and 2018 with the Celtics, where the Bucks just ran him out of the gym. 
other than that, I mean, he misses a ton of games. Forget the vaccine stuff. Forget the social justice justice stuff. Forget disappearing for two weeks out of nowhere last year. He gets hurt a lot too. So you got Durant, who's in his 30s, had a lot of lower leg injuries. You know, tore his ACL uh, in the finals against the Raptors. Had injuries with the Thunder. He's hurt again now. Uh, that's a it's a seven footer who has leg injuries. You know, that's not a great scenario. Now you don't worry about him as much. You figure, all right, six weeks he'll be back. He'll be good to go. But still, that's a concern. Kyrie is always hurt. It's always something with him. And now Harden. Now, I mentioned Harden. He, he's not happy with Brooklyn. And you could understand it, whether it's Kyrie not playing. Uh, a lot of the burden is falling on Harden when Durant's out. Whether it's the lifestyle. You know, taxes are different in Houston uh, as opposed to Brooklyn. Uh, Maury's made that point. Daryl Maury, the Rockets GM. That Look, I can recruit players to the Rockets. Come come play here. You can get a lot of land for real cheap. The tax, tax situation is ideal. Uh, you know, you're kind of a superstar in Houston. The, the Rockets, the Texans, the Astros is all they have. When you, you're playing in Brooklyn, the Nets, you know, you guys know this if you're living in the Northeast, the Nets are not a big deal. It's all about the Knicks uh, in the Northeast. We, we don't even spend a lot of time with uh, on this show about the Nets just because the Nets are not uh, the marquee item. They're kind of uh, the little brother to the Knicks, despite the fact the Knicks have been a, a laughing stock here the past, you know, two decades. The Knicks are the Knicks, the Nets are the Nets, and you're always kind of going to be second fiddle. So, you wonder Harden long term. He's a free agent after this year. Does he sign? And also, you got to worry about the mileage with him. Now he's been hurt now a couple times, hamstring last year, hamstring again this year. And uh, let's forget his OKC career for a minute, just because that was so long ago. He spent most of his career uh, with the Rockets. He always played. He's he's not one of these load management guys. He always played. He played every night. And not only play every night, the ball's always in his hands. He's always getting hit, initiating contact, drawing contact, getting fouled handling the ball, dribbling a million times, that adds up. And he's had this reputation as a choker, you know, the end of these series, the end of these years. He doesn't play as well in the playoffs as he does in the regular season. You know, you could say it's a choker. You could say he just gets tired. They just wear him down, you know, night after night. And, you know, he's got the reputation. He likes to party. He likes to party. And you don't see, you know, LeBron's not going out till 3 in the morning going to strip clubs. Giannis isn't doing that. Now, who knows what what's true and what's not. But Harden definitely has a reputation for liking to get after it. And you combine that with the fact of his usage, playing every night, uh, being the focal point of the offense. You know, those years with Houston, he didn't really have that guy to play second fiddle to him. It was all hard. And so you wonder how he's going to age. You wonder if if the Nets, if they just kind of missed their window here. Uh, you know, last year, I think if, if those guys stay healthy, they cruise to a championship. They did not. And now you're left wondering, you know, with Kyrie, is that going to rub Durant the wrong way? Is it rubbing the heart in the wrong way? Uh, you kind of wonder if this is just ever going to work out. Now, again, there's a scenario six months from now where these guys are all healthy and I look like an idiot because they win the, the finals in five or six games and you know Durant's averaging 35 points in the finals and Harden looks great. There's that. There's absolutely that scenario. It uh, just feels like there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, whether it's injuries, whether uh, whatever it is, that the Nets just you know don't have it. And the Bucs kind of got over the hump last year. The Bucs are going to be tough to beat uh, in a playoff series. I still think those are the two best teams in the East, but... You might get a Chiefs-Bills scenario or even a Nets-Bucks scenario like last year where the two best teams don't meet in the conference finals. They might meet in the second round just because the Nets, uh, like I said, with, with no Irvin half the games, with no Durant for the next month plus, with no Harden for maybe the next week or so, they're going to start to slip. And you don't want to be in a scenario where you're a five seed, a six seed. Not that the seeding is all that important, but you, you don't want to make it harder than it is. You don't want to play in a first-round series that's a grind and then just go grind to grind. The more it's more chances to get hurt, it's more wear and tear, and it's the more chances to lose. So... Uh, we haven't spent a lot of time on the Nets, but I, I think there's some interest there. Now, there's some reports 
that they could trade Harden. You know, the Sixers would be after him. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, the Sixers would be after him, and maybe a Simmons deal could be worked out. I have a hard time seeing that. Simmons would actually help the Nets a lot. I mean, give him a, a rebounder. And you know what would give them is something they're really missing. That's somebody to guard Giannis. Because if you watch them, they don't have, well, especially with, with Irving and Durant out, they don't have a lot of shooting. And that's part of Harden's game is to kick it and find shooters. They don't have a lot of shooting. They don't have a lot of defense. They could use a rebounder. And they really need somebody on this roster that can guard Giannis in a seven-game series. Uh, Simmons could do that. So I, I don't know that you would do that. I, I think from a, an asset play, a talent play, you probably wouldn't do that. And you'd be helping uh, a conference rival, a division rival. But something to think about. I don't think it'll end up happening. But... Maybe after this year, Harden does bounce and this thing kind of falls by the wayside. So that's the net scenario. Like I mentioned, the Knicks uh, are just going through a brutal schedule. They play Milwaukee tomorrow night. And they get a winnable game against the Kings uh, on Monday, and then the schedule just gets brutal again. The Knicks are not going to be in the mix here in a couple of weeks. This schedule uh, is going to do them in. So uh, that's the NBA. The NBA has been kind of interesting the last couple nights. Just a couple of quick things. I don't know if you guys saw this. The Clippers-Wizards on Tuesday night. 35-point lead for the Wizards. 35-point lead. Clippers were 50-1 to on the money line. Uh, a 7-point lead for the Wizards with 20 seconds left. And a 6-point lead with 10 seconds left. And the Clippers end up winning the game. They're down 3. Beal does the smart thing in fouls. But they call it, and they, they ended up correcting it the next day, saying, hey, we made a mistake. But he fouls up three. It's the smart thing to do. Percentage-wise, it's absolutely the smart thing to do. But I think it was Kennard for the Clippers gets the three off. They call a shooting foul. The bucket is good. He hits the free throw, and the Clippers win the game. Uh, now, the next day, they said it should have been a common foul, which would have been two free throws. Uh, would have been really hard for the Clippers to win that game, obviously. But uh, just an all-timer, man. This NBA, the regular season, you get some weird stuff, and Boy, a 35-point lead. I guess in, in the modern era, that's the second uh, biggest comeback ever. I guess there was a Nuggets-Jazz game in 1996. You probably don't remember, neither do I, uh, where there was like a 36-point uh, comeback. But a 35-point comeback, a 20-point, uh, a 10, I'm sorry, 7-point lead with 20 seconds left and a 6-point lead uh, with 10 seconds left. All goes by the wayside um, for the uh, for the, for the Wizards on on Tuesday night. Just hard to believe. Hard to believe. Some other weird scores. Uh, Charlotte put up 158 on the Pacers last night. They won 158 to 126. They scored 90 points in the second half. Uh, and then also on Tuesday night, Tuesday night, like I said, was a strange night in the NBA. The Clipper, um, the Celtics beat the Kings by 53 points and led by as many as 60. A 53-point win and a 60-point lead. Uh, not stuff you see every day in the NBA. Not stuff you see really ever. I mean, a 53-point win, a 60-point lead. That is really uh, strange, strange stuff. So uh, that's the NBA scenario. When we come back, we'll do a little Giants. We'll do a little coaching stuff. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. It's been a trip going to New Jersey to place your online sports bets, but those days are over. Legal online sports betting is now live in New York with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Sign up right now. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Get an account and start making your bets right here in New York. You even get up to a $250 match on your first deposit. That's Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right, we are back. Bet River Sportsbook. 
uh, presents the New York City cast. Let's get into some NFL. This stuff is going pretty fast. We're recording this around noon on Thursday. Uh, Eberflus is going to be the head coach of the Bears, so that opening is gone. Um, let's see. It looks like Leftwich to the Jaguars. That is going to be done. Nathaniel Hackett, the old uh, Packers offensive coordinator, is going to be the head coach of the Broncos. So it was nine head coaching openings. Now we're down to six. So it looks like Dable has his choice now between the Dolphins and the Giants. I thought he'd get the Giants job, and he could get the Giants job in terms of that's the guy they want. But he's got his choice, and it looks like he, uh, I think it was Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News said he prefers the Dolphins. Uh, a couple things. He has a relationship with Tua. He did coach him at Alabama. And maybe you look and say, not that the weather de decides it, but the, the combination of the weather, the state income tax in Florida, uh, you get better a better tax situation there in Florida. It's a better roster. You know, they've been over 500 the last two years. They went 10 and 6 two years ago uh, in 2020. And then this year they, they pulled out a 9 and 8, really kind of a misleading 9 and 8, and be up on a bunch of backup quarterbacks. But still, it's probably a better roster, better situation. I, I think it comes down to Tua. Comes down to two. What do you do? You, do you think he can salvage two? Do you think he can be, a, you know, a top ten quarterback? I don't. I would prefer the NFC. I would actually prefer the Giants' job. I think, you know, despite the weather, despite the tax thing, I don't want any part of the AFC. I don't want any part of. I, I know you're in the AFC East, so you don't have to deal with the Bills. But I don't want any part of Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, the Broncos if they get Rodgers. Uh, you know, the Ravens are still pretty good. The Browns if they get a quarterback, it sounds like they. Might be in on Watson. I want no part of the AFC. I am not a believer in Tua. Uh, I would prefer the Giants. I'd prefer the draft picks. I know that the cap situation isn't isn't great, but you know I, I'd prefer that just because I, I got the GM who I um, have some familiarity with. I have a quarterback that I'm not married to. If I can fix Jones, great. If not, I can get somebody in a year or so. I'll have a longer leash there. It doesn't sound like the ownership in Miami is great. I thought Flores got a raw deal, so. Sounds like Dable's leaning towards Miami. That would leave probably Flores for the Giants, which, I mean, I prefer I prefer Dable, but to me it's, you know, 60-40, 55-45. I think Flores is a hell of a coach. Uh, I like the match of the new GM, Joe Shane, and Dable. They just have familiarity together. I think there's a marriage situation there where, you know, these guys need to be on the same page. But uh, Flores is a, hell of a, is a hell of a get. So either one you get, I, I don't think you can be too concerned about it. Uh, now they did mention they did have a press conference yesterday. The Giants did to introduce Joe Shane. Uh, really, the big takeaway from that was Jones is going to be the quarterback this year. Now uh, you have to bring somebody else in. We saw, if anything, if we learned anything last year, the backup quarterback situation was from hell. Whether it was you know Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm, you got to bring somebody in. You got to bring somebody in. But it, it sounds like Jones is their guy. They said you know uh, Merritt made the comment. We've done everything we could to screw this kid up. Uh, we got to give him a fair chance. Uh, Shane seems like he's in on him. He's got ability. He can move. So I think it's easy to say that when he's only got one year left on his deal. It's not a great draft class. You're probably not going to be in uh, on these other quarterbacks. That's another thing Merritt did mention. Uh, look, he, sa he said point blank. We're not going to be in on Watson. Character issues, cap issues, no thank you. So uh, it sounds like they're not going to be in the mix for a quarterback in terms of one of the big guys, whether it's Rodgers, Wilson, Watson. But they got to bring in somebody. Now, if you bring in a Bridgewater type, well, Bridgewater might be better than Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor, a veteran, or you draft somebody. Now, that's a, a dicey scenario because you don't want to feel like Jones has competition. It, if you're worried about coddling this kid and, and getting the best out of Jones, you're going to really draft a quarterback with one of your top 10 picks and say, hey, we're committed to you, Daniel Jones, but also we picked the guy in the top 10. 
Uh, they'll probably split the baby. I don't know if they'll pick somebody, you know, second, third round. I don't know if they'll bring in a veteran. Again, you have to improve the court, the backup quarterback position because, uh, you know, Jones is a question mark. You could say, you know what, he hasn't had a fair shake. He's got some ability. I could see both sides of it. I would lean towards trying to find somebody else, but I could see giving him uh, more of an opportunity in a more nurtured environment, a more stable environment with a good coach, you know, a good infrastructure. Uh, but you got to bring somebody else in. You got to bring somebody else in, whether it's Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, that kind of guy, because uh, you can't go in a situation where you're just naked behind Jones. Because Jones, uh, you know, for what you feel about him as a quarterback, he's he's had injury issues too. You know, he had the neck thing this year. He missed most of the last year. He's missed games in all three of his years. So uh, it's not just a performance and a talent issue. It's also uh, can he stay on the field? And again, you gotta you gotta add to the quarterback position now. Whether you do that in terms of veteran, in terms of a young guy. Uh, you can say all the right things in terms of being committed to Jones, and I think they're sincere. But again, you got to bring somebody else in. Now, does that threaten Jones? Does he feel like he's got competition? He's just going to kind of have to live with it uh, because you can't go into the situation where you know you just punt on the backup quarterback situation. It's just not going to work out. It's just these guys have to play too much. So uh, sounds like either Dable or uh, or Flores. I would lean towards Flores now. Sounds like Dable prefers Miami. Uh, like I said, the Bears opening was filled. The Jags opening was filled, uh, as was the Broncos. Now, the Broncos hiring the Packers, former offensive coordinator. It's going to start all the Aaron Rodgers rumors. And again, I don't know why. Same thing with Dable as Rodgers. I don't know why you'd prefer the AFC. I, I really don't know why you'd prefer the AFC West. Uh, you know, you can go. Not that you can go anywhere you want if you're Rodgers, but if you could, why would you pick a division with Mahomes, with Herbert, Raiders just made the playoffs. I know you look at it like, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I got a pretty good roster. I'm not afraid of anybody. I get that. But, man, this is a guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 11 years. And you're going to go and really decrease your odds. You're better off just staying with the Packers. You're in a pretty easy division. The Vikings might be in a rebuild. The Bears are you know, in a transition phase. They're never really good. Uh, and the Lions are the Lions. So I, I know he's itching to get out of Green Bay, reportedly, supposedly. I don't know that making, you know, going to Denver, going to the AFC, specifically the AFC West, really improves your, uh, you know, odds of winning another title. So, uh, you know, Rogers is a strange guy. Who knows what's in his head, what he's thinking. To me, that's uh, that's an odd move. But that leaves the Dolphins, the Giants, the Saints, the Raiders, the Texans, and the Vikings openings uh, still out there. To me, I mean, Sean Payton leaving the Saints. That's a ter- <laughs> That's a that's a terrible. That's a tough one. That's a terrible job by him. He puts them in cap hell. He signs Taysom Hill to this long-term deal for a lot of money. Uh, now, again, these contracts in the NFL, who knows what's real and what's you know not worth the paper it's printed on. But to put them in cap hell, cap jail, and basically there's a term called dining dash. When you eat you know a whole meal of food, you go to a restaurant, you eat a whole meal, you order everything, and then you just skip out on the bill. Uh, there's a little dining dash here for Peyton. That's a bad job by him to just leave them in this position and uh, he, he chose his words very carefully. Now, one of the beat writers reported he was retiring. He didn't say he was retiring. He said he's stepping away. Now, you can't say he's retiring and he says he's stepping away. It's a big difference. To me, stepping away and uh, and retiring, and I would have thought anyway. Uh, I didn't think he, I don't think he's retiring. I think he's going to go do Fox for a year, Monday Night Football for a year, maybe two years, make a bunch of money. He'll be highly sought after as a broadcaster and just kind of wait for the next, next head coaching job. I mean, he's going to be linked to the Cowboys. He's going to be linked anytime a, a good team is struggling. Uh, his name's going to pop up, and it's good for him. He can sit there and leverage these offers. Now, 
The Saints still do have his rights. I think he had three years left on his contract, so it's not like he can just up and go wherever he wants, uh, you know, with no compensation. The Saints are going to get something back for him. They'll have to work out a trade, so it's not as clean as, oh, I'm going to go coach the Cowboys, you know, whenever I feel like it. It's not that easy. The Saints still own his rights, so uh, I thought that was a bad job. I mean, I, look, he's won him a Super Bowl. He got him close a couple other times. I guess you can say, you know what, do what's best for you and, and and, you know, why sit there and rot in a bad situation? But uh, that's just, that's a tough look to, to sit there and say, you know what, this team is in cap hell. I don't have a quarterback anymore. I'm out. I'll see you later. Uh, but those are the uh, the coaching openings. Dolphins, Giants, Saints, Raiders, Texans, Vikings. Again, we're recording this uh, a little after noon on Thursday. These dominoes are starting to fall. One other thing I should mention, uh, Dan Quinn, who was rumored for a lot of these jobs, rumored for the Giants, has told the Cowboys or has you know report, reportedly told the Cowboys that he will be back with the Cowboys next year. So, um, you know, I don't think he would do that if you had another if you were a real candidate for one of these coaching positions. Like if you're really going to get the giant job, I don't think he would take your hat out of the ring. I think he thought he was getting the Broncos job. There were some reports he was going to get the Broncos job. Maybe he didn't interview well. Maybe the Broncos thought, you know what, Hackett gives us a better ch chance at Rodgers. Uh, but if he were in the mix for one of these coaching positions, uh, I don't think you know he would have really punted on that. So uh, sounds like he, you know, he got kind of left out here in the game of musical chairs. He's going to be back with the Cowboys. So again, um, Dolphins maybe Dable, Giants probably Flores if not Dable, and then Saints, Raiders, Texans, Vikings. Who knows? A lot of these coordinators in the mix, D'Amico, Ryan's. Uh, you know, some of these, the, the usual suspects, not sure if the enemy gets a job. I haven't heard his name floated a lot. And, you know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way when, when these coordinators are preparing for NFC championship games, playoff games, and they're still interviewing. It's hard to do both effectively. So, you know, we saw that last week with Bowles, with some of these coordinators that didn't have their best day. Leslie Frazier uh, with the Bills. You, you kind of wonder if that's a distraction. But uh, that's the coaching scenario. Shane introduces the GM. Jones will be back. Uh, I would think they would name a coach pretty soon here. I would think they would name a coach pretty soon, whether it's, you know, end of the week, my Monday at the latest. I would think, you know, it's, it's be, if it's between one or two guys, it's between one of the two guys, whether it's, you know, Flores or Dable, I would think one of them um, gets the job, you know, in the near in the next couple of days, I would think. Uh, so that's the coaching scenario. When we come back, we'll spend a little time on the NFC title game, AFC title game. We'll go through some props. Bet Rivers has a long, long list of props. We'll go through those. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Online sports betting is now legal in New York, and you can make your first legal sports bet now with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is a full featured sportsbook offering same game parlays, live streaming, and a massive number of daily betting markets. Sign up now and get up to $250 in bonus cash on your first deposit. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today and bet in New York. Must be 21, playable New York only gambling problem. Call 1 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. We'll spend a few minutes here on the NFL games and we'll get you out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll spend uh, pretty much the whole show on these conference title games. Last weekend, a real football. This, the Super Bowl never feels like a real football weekend. It's one game, it's more of an extravaganza, it's more of an event than it is, you know, a football day, a football weekend. In a lot of ways, the football season kind of ends on Conference Championship Sunday. It's a great day. It's one of the four or five best sports days of the year. It's Conference Championship Sunday. Uh, again, depending on what sports you like, but 
you know, the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament are great. Maybe baseball opening day, NFL opening day, NFL draft. There's four, you know, five, six days that you can kind of quibble, argue about what's the best sport sporting day of the year. You know, first Saturday, a wild card weekend. Uh, again, depends what you like, but this is in the mix. Conference championship Sunday is a fun day. Uh, it's only two games, but look, there's two games. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. It's high stakes. It's good teams, good games. So I'm excited for it. The lines have kind of held steady. Chiefs minus seven now at Bet River Sportsbook. Total 54 and a half. Chiefs minus 335 on the money line. Bengals plus 285. The other one, when we talked to Ryan on Tuesday, it was the Rams had gone to minus three. Uh, it's back up to three and a half. So uh, Rams minus three and a half, total 46. Rams minus 177 on the money line. 49ers plus 155. I'm surprised there's it's three and a half. I just don't see how you get there with the three and a half. You can't give too much for home field advantage. Uh, these teams played in week 18. It was all 49ers fans. It was basically a 49ers home game. Uh, so I don't see how there's three and a half point difference between these teams. The 49ers have owned this series. Shanahan has owned McVay. They've won six in a row. A lot of those are blowouts. A lot of those, four of those six, the 49ers were underdogs. So it's not like, oh, you know, the Rams had bad, the Rams had good teams. The Niners were down. So, or the other way around. It, it's really been a situation where the, the 49ers come in a lot of these games as underdogs and they've won a lot of them and a lot of them convincingly. It's really uh, been a one-sided kind of a rivalry here. So I don't get the three and a half. I'm surprised that three and a half is still up there. Uh, my best bet of the weekend would be the 49ers plus three and a half. I've been high on them this whole postseason. Uh, I think they'll get pressure on Stafford. The key to beating Stafford is getting pressure without blitzing. Uh, for all his flaws, for all his inconsistencies, and again, he's kind of a polarizing player, whether you think he's kind of a stat patter, uh, that reputation is going to go out the window here if he makes a Super Bowl. He, he's been viewed as... Some people think he's underrated. Some people think, you know what, he's overrated. He puts up good numbers on a bad team. There's probably some truth to both of them. Uh, if he wins this game, look, he's in a Super Bowl, and uh, you know that reputation will, will kind of get cleared up a little bit, and he'll get a little more uh, respect and, and get viewed at, viewed a little differently. But I, I like the 49ers, and the key to for, the key to Stafford, as I'm saying, is uh, not blitzing because he kills the blitz. He can, you know, he, he's a veteran. He can diagnose where it's coming from, where to go with the ball. Get the ball in the hands of, of Cup and the Beckham, who's had a nice resurgence here. So the 49ers don't have to do that. Their pass rush was awesome last week, awesome against the Cowboys. They can rush four and still get pressure. They can stop the run. Uh, everything they do on offense works against an aggressive defense like the Rams, the misdirection, the motion, you know, Debo Samuel, the stuff over the middle. Uh, I, I really like this matchup for the 49ers. I like them plus three and a half. I think they win the game. Uh, and, and as far as the other game, Chiefs minus seven. You know, gun to my head, I think the Chiefs obviously win the game. I would want the seven and a half with the Bengals. I do think there's some backdoor potential there. I do think that the Bengals uh, will move the ball. I mean, these teams played January 2nd. Both teams averaged over seven yards per play. Chase had a monster day, 260-something yards. Uh, Burrow threw for four touchdowns. Chase had three touchdowns. Bengals can move the ball, and I just don't buy this idea that this Chiefs defense is reinvigorated, recharged. They played better the second half of the year, but the way they played the first half of the year, it was impossible not to play better. And when you look at some of the opponents they played the second half of the year, it's remember that giant Monday night game in the rain, which they actually probably should have lost. It's Jordan Love. It's the Cowboys without Cooper and Lamb. Uh, it's the Raiders a couple of times who they seem to own. Um, it's really not, it's Pittsburgh twice. It's not a bunch of great offenses they've played 
the second half of the year. They played the Chargers that Thursday night. The Chargers lit them up, scored 28 points, really should have scored a lot more, you know, left a lot of points on the board, not kicking field goals, that kind of thing, fourth down conversions. Um, and then, you know, even last week, uh, I, I thought, you know, the Bills could have been more aggressive and they put up 36 points on them and they would have scored, you know, if the Bills won that toss, they're going to score 42 points and they're going to win the game. And, you know, if you look at the Chiefs too, uh, the other AFC semifinalists, the Titans, the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs have played four games against those three opponents. They're one in three. The one win is that miracle against the Bills last week. Uh, they lost to the Bills in the regular season. They lost to the Titans in the regular season. And they lost to the Bengals uh, in week 17, 34-31. So uh, I, I think the Chiefs, I think this is a little inflated. Like, like I said, I'd want the seven and a half. The difference between seven, seven and a half is obviously huge. Plenty of games land on seven. That's a key number. Uh, I would certainly look towards the Bengals here. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think the Chiefs will obviously get their points. You probably need to be plus one or two in turnovers if you're going to win it, uh, if you're Cincy. But look, it's it's Burrow. Like I mentioned, he's gone into Bama and won. He's won national titles. Uh, you know, he went into Tennessee. That place was loud last week. Nothing seems to bother him. He gets sacked. He comes up and he throws a dime to Chase. So, uh, I think we'll get two good games here. I lean towards both underdogs. I, I lean more more than lean with the 49ers. I really like the 49ers uh, this week, and I, I definitely lean towards the Bengals. You, know, you could tease the Chiefs down to one. It's just finding something to tease them with uh, is difficult. You know, you could tease the 49ers up to nine and a half, but again, you're not getting the bang for your buck. That nine is not really a key number. So, uh, you know, gun to my head, the Chiefs probably win, but the Bengals will be right in it. Like I mentioned, Bet Rivers has all sorts of options for this game, and maybe we'll get into some more of these tomorrow. 291 options betting-wise for the Chiefs-Bengals, 287 for the 49ers and the Rams. Let's look at one of these before we get you out of here, and that is first touchdown score. Uh, let's start with the early game, Bengals-49ers. Um, I'm sorry, Bengals-Chiefs. Bengals, Bengals Mixon 7-1, Hill 7-1, Kelsey 7-1. This is all to score the first touchdown then you have the running backs, McKinnon and Edwards Alaire, both 10 to 1. Mahomes 12 to 1. Pringle 14 to 1. Hardman 20 to 1. Uzoma 20 to 1. Boyd 20 to 1. And then Burrow 25 to 1. Boy, both these teams have so much firepower. You can really see any of these guys, you know, scoring first. Both these quarterbacks really spread the ball around. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals guys are going to be weighted a little differently because with the Chiefs favored, the anticipation is the Chiefs will score first. Uh, if I'm going to take a stab here, Mahomes has been one I, I've liked to play a lot, but they kind of, you know, 12 to 1 is not great value. He did score a touchdown last week. It would have been the first one, but uh, the Bills got on the board first. How about Burrow 25 to 1? That would be one I would take a look at just because in, in the playoffs, both these quarterbacks run uh, much more. It's high leverage. These quarterbacks can run pretty much for 10, 12 yards seemingly whenever they want. You do that in the regular season, you're going to get hurt. It's not worth it. The stakes aren't as high. Uh, we, we see these quarterbacks run a lot more in the playoffs. So Burrow at 25 to one, you know, maybe they get the ball first and quarterback draw some sort of read option. Uh, Burrow 25 to one to me is one that caught my eye. Uh, then the 49ers and the Rams. Cup is six to one. Debo Samuel plus 650. Mitchell and Akers are both seven to one. Beckham's nine to one. Kittle's 11 to one. Higby's 12 to one. Then you got Ayuk and Jefferson, fourteen to one. Uh, and then Stafford's forty to one. You say, "Oh, Stafford never runs." He does not. He's not a runner. He's not a scrambler. He's actually had two rushing touchdowns the last two weeks, though. He had one against the Cardinals that Monday night game, and he had one last week. I think it was the second touchdown of the game. He snuck one in. So he's had two quarterback sneak touchdowns 
on each of these games. So maybe Stafford 40 to one. I don't know that you know you can count on him. It's really got to be a scenario where it's really it's like the inches line because it's the one or the two. He's not going to sneak it. So uh, that is something to keep an eye on. Blanton last week, the backup tight end for the Rams. He's 40 to one this week. He was 125 to one at circa last week, and he scored the first touchdown. So. Uh, you could say, wow, the books probably got killed on that one. I don't know that they took a single bet on that one. So they probably did pretty well. You know, probably had people betting Fournette, betting Evans, betting all the big names, Beckham, Akers, uh, Cup, all losing bets because Blanton cashed. So, uh, you know, let's try to find a sleeper here for you. How about Kittle 11 to 1? I think Kittle 11 to 1 is interesting just because I do like the Niners in the game. So that gives them more of a chance to score first, you would think. And with all the running the Rams will do, uh, with all the running that the Niners will do, that will really open up the play action over the middle. Kittle, uh, Kittle loves the middle of the field. Garoppolo loves the middle of the field. That's really where they do a lot of their business, uh, the 49ers. So I think Kittle 11-1 to uh, is worth a look here in terms of that one. So uh, excited for these games. Excited for these games. You should get two good ones uh, on Sunday. Look, there's only three of them left. You get these two on Sunday, and then you get a long layoff before a, a Super Bowl, which has been better recently. I remember growing up as a kid, the Super Bowl was always a blowout. Uh, you know, early, mid-90s, those Bills-Cowboys ones, the 49ers-Chargers, it was always a blowout. It had a reputation for always being a bad game. Really, ever since the Patriots started winning them, uh, and really, I think it started with the Rams-Titans even in 2000, where Dyson got, tr got tackled a yard short, and the game would have gone to overtime. Ever since that, they've been pretty good. All the Patriots ones are pretty good. Uh, the, the Super Bowl last year was bad, but other than that, they're usually pretty competitive, at least recently. You know, the, the Manning Seahawks one was a blowout, but the blowouts are more the aberration. They've been pretty competitive lately, so uh, I, I think we'll get a good Super Bowl. I think we'll get a good matchup either way, whether it's, you know, Chiefs-Rams, Chiefs-49ers rematch. Obviously, the Chiefs-Rams was a classic Monday night three or four years ago. I think that was 2018, where it was 54-51. The game is in L.A. Maybe that helps the Rams a little bit, but... Uh, we're headed for a good Super Bowl, I think, either way. So only three games left. We'll enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk plenty of NFL. We'll get even deeper into these games, uh, props, and try to find you some winners in terms of you know player props. And maybe the Giants will have a coach by then. It sounds like these coaches, you know, the, the carousel is in full swing here with, with the domino effect. When one guy gets hired, that means this guy's going there. And uh, we had three of them here within like an hour with Eberflus, Hackett, and uh, Leftwich. So Giants, I would expect, would have a coach uh, in the near future. And these coaching vacancies are starting to get filled up. So it's going to be a fun offseason between the coaching vacancies, the quarterback carousel. Uh, NFL is going to have some juice this year. Usually, you know, the, the free agency, it's, it's some veterans. It's some guys that kind of move the needle. It's not a lot of you know, big names this year. If you get Rogers on the move, Wilson may be on the move. Watson's probably going somewhere. Uh, maybe Cousins goes somewhere. You're going to have some quarterbacks in the mix. You're going to uh, see the odds really take shape based on where these quarterbacks go. So should be a fun off season. We still got a few games left. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not OK what they're doing and they're being watched. 
Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.